When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are into the 2021 season, and if, if you guys have joined me uh, over the last several seasons, we always have at least one guest host uh, one day of the week to join us and talk some ball, and not just talk about the, the things we're seeing, but how do those things come to life? How do you practice them? And I'm excited to be joined this season by Noel Mazzoni. Noel, it's great to have you here. I'm excited to be able to talk ball with you weekly as we go through the 2021 season. Oh, man, I'm excited, Keith. I'm glad you called me. I've been sitting around wondering what I, wondering what I was, was going to do. I have nobody to talk ball with this year. Well, well, this is the perfect opportunity. And, you know, as far as the uh, the amount of games this week, not a lot. We're in week zero. Uh, I'm, you know, both of us have, have watched some high school games, obviously some of the NFL preseason games. But I think there's a lot to learn from every single week, even here in week zero. And, you know, one of the things that, that I saw – Kind of, uh, this was a trend, you know, a couple years ago, we started to see outside zones start to get into everybody's playbook. And if you look at Illinois, you know, a new look Illinois with with Brett Bilema there as the head coach. And, and obviously those guys are going to be focused on running the football, but uh, the stretch play, the outside zone play was big for them. And then I saw it again, hit for a nice gain uh, with, with Chip Kelly and, and the UCLA Bruins. And uh, it's it's a play when you understand how to run it, it does become very tough to defend. Yeah, I think, you know, the stretch play, ever since Alex Gibbs and Mike Shanahan and back in the Broncos days, but the stretch play is always probably one of the top. It used to be stretch and power, right, mm-hmm. in, the, in the NFL. And um, I think everybody, there's been such a, uh overload of tight zone, zone read, inside zone that – you're always looking for ways to displace the defense. And I think now I really saw, I agree with you. In fact, uh, Johnny Marinelli, who's on the uh, Illinois staff, I texted him right after the game and said, "You, I mean, that's what they were running. They were just stretch, stretch, stretch. And then a little split zone. And then uh, obviously with Chip down over at UCLA, which which is cool about Chip. I happened to be with him, you know, hang out with him last weekend out in Manhattan Beach. And, you know, he, I, he, he was like, I don't know, we might be pretty good this year. And the cool thing about Chip is that he has – I mean, I can remember when he was at Oregon and he was one of the one of the leaders of the tempo offenses. Mm-hmm. And it was spread, tempo, Mariota, Oda and all those guys and throwing it and running running a ton of zone read. 
And now I watched him the last couple of years and even this year, and he's really got an unbelievable run game he's starting to develop. And Stretch is obviously one of the one of the mainstays. What I do I do think too, Keith, is I like is that uh, is, is is we're so much gun now, you know, is that uh, there's some same side runs. Mm-hmm. And I liked what Chip was doing with the same side tight zone stuff. Yeah, I believe they they did one of those. I mean, it looked like it went straight downhill that the that the running back really didn't even come across on one of their uh, short short yardage touchdowns there later in the game. Um, I wasn't able to to roll that back and look at it, but um, you know he he at least did not you know get his aim point all the way across the center. And, and you've seen a quite a few teams do that. It's it's almost just like a straight dive play, right? You think back to the under center days and split backs and stuff like that, where you just you know turn and that guy comes right down the line. Yeah, like a lot of the it's a big NFL it's a big NFL uh, run. It's called duo, mm-hmm. where you're basically just doubling the down guys. It's 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 old old school classic Washington Redskins Joe Gibbs uh, tight zone where you basically double the down guys to the second level and get you some good angles and get some movement. Yeah, I mean I think it's I, I see a lot of teams running that these days. Yeah, it's definitely a good play. I liked it when we get down on the goal line. We we liked to use power quite a bit, uh, but you know when, when you get down to the goal line, those guys are just selling out to shoot those gaps hard you think about it for the defense I mean there's not much room they they can't give up an inch so they'll sell out and maybe penetrate too deep and your pullers that block back all those kinds of things become a little bit more difficult so when you can use something like the duo down there I think um, I think it has a, a a lot of potential just to to be able to drive people off the ball and I know you know I'm thinking back to to my BW days um, we utilize that in a few different ways. I know we had it in a wildcat package and uh, used that successfully in a big game. And, and we even went to, you know, we did power read quite a bit, but we experimented and went to like a duo read down on the goal line as well and, uh, you know, worked out pretty well for us. Yeah, it gets, it gets a little tough going down there inside the three, doesn't it, Keith? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, like you said, they they get in the old risky uh, – in the old Tom Cruise '62 monster down there, and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of there's not a lot of space. So I think you see more duo stuff. Obviously, some tight zone with the extra blocker on the backside, and then uh, I saw a couple. You know, and then everybody's going to throw the jet sweep on you down there, and just try to out, just try to uh, race you to the pylon. Yeah, it's it's interesting the uh, the jet sweep. You know, I saw it used a few different ways. This past weekend, I'm trying to think who was who was tossing. It might have been tossing that thing up in the air. I can't remember which team was doing it. You know, instead of the mesh. Well, just... Illinois, 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 Illinois did it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, is that something you you ever used? Just that little, you know, toss that ball up in the air and let them run. Oh yeah. Well, it it was it was it was a way. You know, you're always looking for ways to on zone on tight zone plays to protect the back, you know, to control the backside edge players, the the five technique or the nine technique or the backside backer. So when it's zone away, and I think it was against, it was the, it was actually the Nebraska-Illinois game where the guy, they tried to run stretch and the guy tracked it down from the backside for a mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so bringing the motion and trying to hold or at least freeze uh, face freeze those backside players, the ends and the backside with the jet sweep. So they got to pro- also protect for the jet sweep. 
also helps you. It's just a form of naked, right? Right. It's a jet sweep, basically a form of naked when you run it away from the uh, away from your steam. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, in speaking of the outside zone, that's what you start to see a lot of teams do along with it. I mean, it's a, it's a great complementary play. Um, you're really getting movement from that defense, and you know, a, a lot of times that quarterback, you know, he has to he has to run, especially if it's an under center team, right? You see that all the time in the NFL. You you got to get yeah. out there to get the guy the ball, and then you know, peel back and get back all the other way. But most of the time, you know, they're running that play. And they probably actually don't get too far around the where the original uh, the ball was placed with the center, you know, and they're they're throwing the football to somebody in space there. But it's it's been something, and you know, we were talking before we got going. The the Cleveland Browns here have have really started to make a, a living off of doing that, and you know, in watching three preseason games here, obviously uh, my favorite NFL team. They they were an offense that became just very efficient, and it didn't matter if it was, you know, our our starters or somebody who's fourth down the line trying to make the team. That everybody did pretty well in this offense, and it's all built on you know starting with that outside zone play, and then a lot of the play action, including the nakeds off of it. And, and a stat came up yesterday when I was watching the game in 2018. Baker had a really shaky year. And that year, he was only out of the pocket, designed out of the pocket 14 times. Whereas last year, Kevin Stefanski put him out of the pocket 80 times. And I think it, it's made a huge difference for him. He certainly is, is pretty good in the pocket as well. But when you think about designing things so they play to player strengths, I think that's a strength for Baker. Yeah. Yeah, I think he does. A, they do. I love watching Cleveland's offense. And if you're talking about, you know, the whole jet sweep and – Taking the jet sweep from under center or from gun, you know, Matt Canada, who's now the coordinator of the Steelers. I mean, he was kind of the go-to guy in college when he was at NC state and Maryland on the old jet sweep. And then I tell you, if you want to watch them under the center bunch jet sweep and they build their whole pass, build a lot of passing game off it is you watch Sean over at the, at the Rams. Oh yeah. They do a great job with, with the jet sweep game. Um, you know, it's built in, so it's basically just a, a you know, for, for me, it was always my quick motion out of the gun, the F quick or the fast and free motion with my F. But, uh, you know, there's some people use it. It's just like an efficiency play or a, like calling a reverse. Hey, oh, it's time to run our jet sweep. But I think like Matt and Sean and, and Cleveland and those guys, they do a good job of incorporating that jet sweep action in motion into the game plan. Yes. In other words, you build an offense off of that look. Yeah, well, I think with all that, any kind of movement that you use, if you're doing it again and again, you're, you're, you're kind of training the defense. You think you're seeing something, you know, especially something fast-moving like the, the jet sweep that, you know, you think the ball's going there. And you know this from having coached there. In the NFL, I mean, if you can move a guy just a foot out of position, that, that's going to make a big difference in that play. Right. Um, right. You don't right. have to move them a right. ton, but but you find, you know, as you go down those levels, you start to really distort a defense and it, it opens up those opportunities. What I like about the way the Rams do it is a lot of times you'll see them under center. And I think they just do a great job in being able to take it all the way outside. But then you'll see them, too. You, you know, the, the defense maybe is a line or out there. The perimeter maybe has you out leverage where they hit it like in that outside zone alley. Right. That, that play that 
you don't get outside the tight end, you stick your foot in the ground and get straight up field, they're able to do that too. Well, you know, and I learned this, gosh, when I was at the Jets years ago from uh, Coach Mangini, as, as he used to call it meaningful motions and shifts. So are you just, I mean, if, if it's not meaningful, it would, so like on offense, we're always looking to create numbers or create leverage on the defense. And so he, his big thing was if you're going to shift or you're going to motion, all right, um, it's got to be meaningful. In other words, there's two things you're trying. There's three things you're trying to do. Either trying to give the quarterback some sort of a of a defensive indicator. Is it man? It's his zone. Uh, are there any checks? Are they rocking the safeties? Whatever they're doing with your motion, so that helps him with with what he needs to do. Or you're trying to out leverage or outnumber the defense. And so I think that's what those those teams, Cleveland and you know. Uh, Pittsburgh and LA and those type of guys, they do a great job of using it, using the motions, the quick motions, the shifts to their advantage. And I think when you take that concept down to the high school level, you know, I remember a team we specifically, they were, they were the best team in our conference and uh, our rival. And, you know, they always had a safety who was just a guy who could come up and uh, play like a linebacker, right? And they, and, and they do always play a free safety, and that guy was usually good at playing center field. And, you know, our, our strategy, when we figured it out how to do it to them, and it, it actually took multiple movements to be able to, to make them change responsibilities, but when we could get that strong safety, that guy who's better at run support, to have to play center field, and then that guy who really would rather not, you know, get into the fray as much, and, and stick his nose in there to have to come and support, we opened up some huge opportunities both in the run and then play action, especially with that that guy who who did like to come up and play. I mean, he was, you know, you, you had any kind of run action, he's going. So at the high school level, I think it's, it's not just, you know, looking at when he uses his window dressing or whatever. It's like you said, purposeful um, motion in order to affect the defense. Get some matchups that you yeah. like as well. There you go. See how much you were ahead of the curve, Keith. You were doing it in high school. <laughs> well, it's uh, it, it was it was always something. Again, I, we did it exactly as you said. We found something within the structure of a defense that we could either out leverage them or get onto the people that we wanted to. And, and stretch was actually right. the outside zone was a big big part of uh, what we did at one of my stops. Uh, was a head coach for for three years there, and I think on the stretch play, our first guy ran it over two years. Um, he ended up being Ohio's leading rusher, but he averaged like 10.7 yards on, on the stretch play. Wow. Well, you know, the good thing about stretch is, is that it's a, it covers all your gaps. All right. Uh, it displaces the defense and it creates, I mean, look at BYU last, uh, what, two years ago or whatever, run, you know, I mean, he does a great job running the stretch play. It displaces the defense and it creates running lanes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different. There's a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, what, you, what what is your back reading, especially when you're in the gun? You know, I mean, we used to have him read the free technique because that ball can fit up inside the. You know, because th- those gaps move, right? Right. So all of a sudden, that thing's hitting up inside the guard or the tackle. So they have to cover. They have to cover every gap out there, and you can just get your guys on tracks and and let them run instead of having to take maybe a two a high school 245 50 pound offensive lineman and ask him to to move a three technique uh vertical it's a lot easier for him to move a guy horizontally down the line of scrimmage yeah definitely and i think back to 
when we were running that stretch, you know, we did run the, the inside zone play. And um, we learned it from uh, a guy here uh, who coached in Cleveland area for a long time, but he was also the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin at one point, uh, Russ Jakes. And, and uh, you know, as far as the way we ran the inside zone is we would always run it to the first cover lineman past the center and the shade didn't count. So we never ran it at the shade. Now, when it got to BW, we would run it more at, at the shade or the, the tight technique in order to kind of just get downhill on it a little bit more. But what I found a couple well right. is that, you know, you still had, if you were running it even at a three technique, there was a little bit of, of that lateral movement from the lineman. And if you were running stretch, 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 that that guy would still have the tendency, that defensive lineman, to displace himself a little bit in order to open up the run inside. Right, right. Like, like I'm dating myself here, but back in the 80s, I used to go visit. I was only six years old, but I used to go visit <laughs> the Redskins at Carlisle, Pennsylvania, back when it was John Riggins and Joe Theismann and Joe Bugle. Was, and they had three plays. It was a tight zone, inside zone, outside zone, and OT counter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they actually ran – it wasn't as much stretch as like when Alex Gibbs kind of got into it, started really stretching with uh, Adrian James at the Colts, you know, with Peyton and all those guys. Um, but uh, like the Redskins used to actually, they, they was always almost they stretch block it, but they would still track their back almost like, like it was tight zone and then bounce it. So um, that's kind of where I learned the basics of zone blocking back in the day, as they say. Shifting the focus here. We're kind of taking some of these ideas that we've been talking about in, into a practice structure and how do you get it done? So specifically, let's talk a little bit about the movement, the, the motions, shifts in motions, et cetera. Um, you know, we kind of got into this era of football for a little while with, you know, all, all the spread up-tempo offense that teams weren't moving as much. They were static. They get up to the ball quick. They get in their two-by-two two or three-by-one and run a play as fast as they could. Well, we all know that, uh, our, our one word calls and all those procedures that we were using on offense now have been adapted on defense. So those guys are get, getting pretty good to just being able to line up sure. quickly and yeah. play whatever they want yeah. as well, not have to be vanilla. Um, so I know I always get a lot of questions from, from coaches about, you know, how can they put it into their offense and, and still, you know, be up tempo, still do those kinds of things. What, what did you find were some of the best things you were able to do and, and able to incorporate uh, some of those motions into your up-tempo offense. Yeah, so I, I had I had a, a tempo motion uh, tempo motion package, you know, with the quick motions. Uh, the I still would I still create one-word plays that would have um, you know. So there's there's three type of motions, right? There's motions that come or outside and come into the formation. There's motions that are outside and cross the formations. Okay, and then there's motions that start outside and go into the most into the formation and come back out. Mm-hmm. So those are the basically what three things you've got, right? Um, I never wanted to be tied uh, back in the day where every every position had their 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 motion words, right? Like the F had these words and the Z had these words and the Y had these. So we basically teach our t- taught our receivers there was three motion names. And all we would do is tag who we wanted on those motions. Yeah. Could be the X, could be the split end, could be the F, could be the Y, could be the Z. Didn't matter. All right. Then the next set of motions you have are motions to start in the formation. So in the backfield. 
So those type of motions, you either empty out of the formation, or you can empty, or you can motion out of the formation, or you can motion across the formation. So, so that was kind of the library or menu we had of motions. And then, as exactly like you said, then then as we watched, our, as we broke down our, our opponent, we would we would the number one of the two things I would really look at, and that'd be the motion tape in the in the FIB formations in the boundary mm-hmm. tape. Okay, I want to, to see where my advantages came in those type, in those two things, and so then you start to develop your game plan off of okay, these are the motions, right, that help me against the defense. But now when I put in the tempo motion plays, those were in every week, okay, because those never changed. That's just who we were. We're going to go dual right, F quick, Zulu Comet. I mean that was going to be a mainstay. Well, we're just going to give that a word, or we're going to go green, fast, Zulu, Comet, and that's Frisco. So the kids knew we had quick motion tempo plays, where uh, because I think when you anytime you tempo, the key is repetition. You got to if you're going to run tempo plays, you need to rep those plays a ton. So your quarterback, he's going to in the in the line are going to get they're going to get kind of messed up looks and different looks. So you, right. those are, those are things that are worked on every week. And I guess the main thing is that I wanted that I had my set of motion tempo plays that were in every week. So camp one day of camp, they they got installed and they got and we ran them every day, right? And then there were then you would build your game plan motion uh, plays. So in in looking at so that, I guess, what? I guess I didn't have... <laughs> yeah, no, that Go that ahead. answers it for sure. I mean, I. I... I, I'm 100% on board with what you said about not having all those names. I, th- I think, you know, I, I used to love just getting old playbooks and studying terminology and trying to figure out how to simplify things, right? How to take, you know, a, a formation structure that has like 75 words that you have to memorize to know how to play in it and really boil it down to a few things. And and that's exactly what you're doing with those motions. Instead of having, you know, three or four motions for every single guy, now it's just that motion that everybody can learn and, and their their letter is tagged to it. But in, in looking at, you know, your tempo plays, yeah, you installed them in camp. Um, I still think, you know, teams that are huddling right now should look at that opportunity. I, I saw, like in week one of the high school season, a team that did it pretty well, they huddled, but in certain situations they had those one word plays and they were able to go and kind of caught the defense off guard and, and uh, were able to convert those situations. But, um, you know, getting into using motions a little bit more and then especially those, those tempo plays, you mentioned that you have to get a lot of reps for them. So do those reps only come in team? Do you like to, to walk those through? Do you do a team takeoff? I mean, what, what have been the best ways for you to make sure it's, it's getting ready? I think kids love repetition. I think they like routine. I really do. And so as I built my, my practice plan, all right, I'd always started the same. We were going to have a team takeoff period, all right, with the whole offense and kind of get things going. And that was always going to be the screens, right? So there was always a couple screens that were in every game plan, the same screens, but whatever game plan screens would get worked on then. And that was just on error bags, you know, running the end zone, bada, bada, bing, right? Then there, there, were, there, are, there are basics. Right there's the meat and potatoes of your offense that are attached. So, so to us it was the receiver screens, the key screens. To us it was the hitch, the slant. All right, and then it was our 
motion uh, bubble screens, our comets and our quicks. So though the, the things that, that are basically always that, that are always showing up on your dinner table. All right. Those are the things that were built in our individual drills. So when we came into backfield, we we're going to go backfield with the bats. Well, there was going to be, you know, always tight zone stretch, you know, and then maybe whatever game game plan specific uh, runs that were in that week. In our, but there was always going to be our fast motion comets, our quick motion comets, uh, et cetera, right? Uh, when we when we started with the receivers, we always started every practice, and they were gonna we were gonna throw the re- outside receiver screen, the inside receiver screens. Uh, we were gonna throw a hitch, and we were gonna throw a slant. That was basically our pat and go, okay? So in a, in a snag. Mm-hmm. So so that that was built in. So if I could, I wanted it to where if I didn't even show up to practice that day, and I just told the guys to go start practice, they knew exactly what the drill was, exactly what would have been called, and exactly how to do it, where to line up on the field, how to move the ball in the hashes. I just wanted the same every day, all right? So we go, hey, we're pat and go. We know exactly what we're doing. Hey, we're backfield. We know exactly what we're doing, all right? So uh, I always wanted constants. Then as I got into the individual periods, of course, always all, all your guys, your assistant coaches are always looking. They need more individual, all right? but you would get a little bit of time to work your little cone drills or whatever drills for your skilled players. But then as I got into individual, now I would break it down uh, part, whole part. So, hey, quarterbacks, let's take the X and work on the game plan routes that he's going to have to run, all right? I mean, what's it, if, there is no, if, the, if the X is running no digs in your game plan for that week, then – why you then don't go practice throwing digs to him that week. Mm-hmm. All right. Practice your main stuff, but then you got to start working on, Hey, today is we're working all of his, you know, his stop route his back shoulder throws, whatever it is. Same thing with the F, the Y, and Z. So we would go individual. All right. So the quarterbacks would go with the X, go with the two inside receivers, go with the outside. Then we would go group. All right. Hey, we're working half side. All right, now we're putting – so we're going individual. Now we're going half of the concept or whatever we're doing, and then we would go whole. Then we put the whole concept together and let all the quarterbacks throw. So that's kind of how I built all the practice plans. Yeah, I love that method because it gives context to everything that you're doing. You know, And I, I like to be able to get out to practices. I watch some practice film on video as well from other guys uh, you know, that I have huddle access to. and. What's interesting to me, though, I think sometimes coaches get caught up in, um, you hear a lot of guys talk about everyday drills and this idea that, you know, you've got to go out and do the same things every day and that's going to build the fundamentals. But I think you miss out on, you know, the game is played in context always, right? You're never just out there doing things without understanding, you know, what is this skill a part of? What are we working it for? I mean, I think back to, you know, that, that high school team I mentioned that we were coaching the stretch play that on, on those days, um, you know, we would, we would focus one day early in the week on just running all of our, our zone plays. Right. So on those days we were working all our, our zone blocking. It went to what, what was a drill for us? Well, it was looking at for every position on this particular play. What are the scenarios my guy has to face and drilling those things. And sometimes 
it, you know, exactly. it might be more than, than another because of a certain defense you were facing, et cetera. So you could focus it even more. But I think, you know, for the, the purpose of, oh, we, well, we got to keep building fundamentals. I'm going to do everyday drills that sometimes we miss on that and don't get the context that the players need. Well, you're exactly, you're exactly right. And so are you just practicing plays? Are you practicing the game plan? All right. Uh, you know, and I, I, I don't, I think that what's really become so important now, especially if you're any kind of a tempo team is your walkthrough periods, mm-hmm. you know, where most of the coaching gets done. So I wanted to be able to script the days. I actually script every day practice like it's a game. All right. So I actually, my, my, uh, my scripts for practice, the, the call sheet for practice, the scripts look exactly like my call sheet uh, that I use on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So as I, uh, because for one thing, it makes me limit what I'm doing. All right. I'm putting in all this cool stuff and all these plays and all that. And, you know, the trouble is how can you, can you practice it all? Right. And so on my, you know, I have my 15 openers. Here's my three or four third mediums. Here's my couple of red zone plays. So I, I always talk to my guys about, I want to play the game as much as I can Monday through Friday during practice. All right. Here's here, here we're going to work on the, 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 the game plan install individually. So we can teach you what we want you to do on these game plan routes. All right. Here, we're going to put you together as a group. Now we're going to go together as team. And I want, you know, and I want to move the ball as much as I can. So I'm trying, I want to play, as many drives as I can during the week in practice. I know we talked about this before on a, a previous podcast, but um, you mentioned, you know, scripting practice. Now I, I believe you talked to me one time uh, about not actually having all the calls scripted though, having the situation scripted and then being able to make those calls in practice. Is that, that's something you would, you would do all the time or uh, just, just some of the time. I would always at some point have a team, a team period where it was that, where the only thing that the scout team, and the, and, the, and the scout team guy run the scout team had was all he had was hash field position and down and distance. And then his job, his job was to try to, to be the defensive coordinator that I was playing that week. And so he would, he would know by down and distance and the hash what the calls were now. Yeah. Obviously you're going to miss on some of the exotic blitzes. So I didn't worry about that. It was just kind of normal down and distance. But I always wanted to have one team period of drives, four to six play drives, where we were just playing football. Mm-hmm. We rolled the ball out. I'm calling plays off my call sheet. Defensive coordinator, you're calling defenses. And uh, I, I didn't do any third down in that period. And I usually, a lot of times, always end every drive with some sort of a red zone play. I mean, you win your game situationally, right? Right. Third down and red zone. Right. Anybody can call plays on first and second down. Those are easy. Right. So uh, I, I didn't I didn't think I always thought it was kind of stupid that I had a I used to have a third down period for 10 minutes on Tuesday because I was and that was it. Right. I didn't even work on it on Monday or when, you know, or a red my you know, this is red zone day. We're just working red zone. So I try to and uh, I try to get some third down and red zone calls in every every practice so i will install now it may not be the whole game plan for red zone i may i may be heavy on red zone on wednesday and heavy on third down on tuesday but both of those days all three days they're going to get a, hey this is third and four here's my first call oh hey, hey we just broke we're at the my, we're at the plus 10 here's my first call that's for probably that's going to happen on a monday i like 
that idea of having at least some of those periods throughout the week. And, you know, as you were talking about it, what it really brings to mind is that especially uh, early season, you know, as every team's new, right? You, you need to learn what they can do. But, but younger guys too, guys who are coordinators for the first time, you get your reps in practice as a coach, right? The more you yeah. call plays, yeah. the more you get used to calling plays and being in certain situations and, you know, it becomes automatic. Yeah, you always have that call sheet, but I, I think you've probably hit, hit that where you don't even need to look down at it that this is the play in this situation. Yeah, because I've, I've been calling them off that sheet all week, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's not what I know, it's what the kids know. So as we, at the end of practice or the next day in the meetings at the quarterbacks, they would be, you know, it would get, hey, coach, that third down play sucks, right? All right, let's throw it out, all right? And then so, so, so the, the call sheet grew as your game plan. And what it really did, Keith, it kept me in, uh, it kept me in check for as, 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 as not having too much volume. I'm not a volume guy. Right. All right. Uh, so it kept me in check because I knew this is how many blank spaces I had on my call sheet. So build your call sheet to what you're comfortable with being able to handle, not only in practice, but as a play caller, you know, is it, is it, is it, 60 plays is it 40 plays is it 25 plays is it 100 i don't know you know everybody's different right but build that build that call sheet and as you script during the week build your call sheet starting on sunday and monday mm-hmm. all right hey here's my openers here's my base runs here's my play action off the base runs and put them in your slots and you'll build and you'll build your call sheet and then i'm i'm looking at that call sheet all week so i'm very familiar with it well, Coach, that was some, some great stuff this week, uh, prompted by just a few games. So I'm excited to, uh, to come back next week after a full weekend of, of games here, some big ones kicking off on Thursday, and I'm sure we'll have some great conversation. So, Keith, you're telling me my, 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 my work for this job is that I'm, I have to sit on the couch and eat chips and drink beer all weekend and watch games? That, that's it. That's, that's how I prepare for this job? Yeah, that, that's, that's what that's, we do. That, that's my assignment? Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's it's not a bad gig, Noel. Not a bad gig if you can get it, right? That's right. That's right. Well, uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time, and I look forward to doing this again next week. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Keith. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Check out the links in the show notes to some of Noel's stuff that he has on CoachTube. Tune in to all of our in-season shows, starting with adjustments on Monday. We have Noel on Wednesday. We'll have a couple quick casts in the middle of the week, and we'll tie things up on Friday with some things that can help you through the weekend. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com.